This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. At the Summit for Democracy, Taiwan's digital minister Audrey Tang had her video cut off during her panel discussion. Tang had shown a map representing the level of civic freedoms in Asia with China and Taiwan in different colors. When the moderator asked Tang further questions, her feed was replaced with only audio. Many are now wondering if there were political implications at play. Bing Wang reports. And Taiwan has been rated as completely open for three consecutive years. For the only Asian This is a slide used by Taiwan's digital minister at the U.S. Democracy Summit that seems to have ruffled feathers. China and Taiwan in different colors. After her presentation, Minister Audrey Tang's video feed was cut and replaced with a name card over her audio. I'm hoping you can offer just a few more thoughts on where we are. Certainly. So um, I've heard a lot about the digital public infrastructures. The United States, which hosted the summit, put it down to technical difficulties. Taiwan's foreign ministry said the same. Their statement reads, The United States sincerely stated that this was due to a technical problem in the control center, which made the screen sharing function unavailable. Taiwan and the United States have fully communicated on this technical issue, and the two sides have mutual, solid trust and solid and friendly relations. But after Tang's segment at the online summit, there was an on-screen disclaimer that any opinions expressed by individuals on the panel were not necessarily a reflection of the views of the U.S. government. The U.S. adheres to the one-China policy and doesn't directly take a stance on the issue of Taiwan sovereignty, which has led many to believe the White House deliberately cut off Tang's video, not wanting to seem at odds with the long-standing policy. I think there are people within the State Department in the U.S. that are very wary of Taiwan. And despite the stronger moves by the Biden administration in support of Taiwan, this has not gone to the way of strategic clarity on Taiwan. It's still officially a position of strategic ambiguity. Biden has made various gaffes in which he has referred to uh, Taiwan, uh, China and the U.S. agreeing on the Taiwan policy, and there is no such policy. Uh, then later on, there were comments that he made which were interpreted as more supportive of Taiwanese independence, but then these were also walked back. The map used in the summit by Tang shows the degree of civic freedoms around the country ranked by an international nonprofit, with Taiwan marked as open and China as closed. Tang did not show the map during the panel dry runs, and it may have caught organizers by surprise. They have barred their use of any overt symbols of Taiwan sovereignty, which Tang has stressed was not what she'd done. Taiwan's foreign ministry did not offer a comment on the disclaimer. So I think uh, what happens then when the U.S. expresses support for Taiwan is that China then hits back regarding this, uh, particularly under the Trump administration and continuing under the Biden administration. You have the pattern of increasing support for Taiwan as a reaction to something that China does, which of course raises the accusation then that you're only increasing support for Taiwan as a way to quickly stick it to China. Um, but then China responds with military threats, uh, mostly deploying warplanes to Taiwan's air defense identification zone, uh, some of its naval exercises, and the U.S. usually responds in kind. And so you have this pattern of tit-for-tat escalation, and Taiwan is, is caught uncomfortably in between in that, that sense. This comes at a sensitive time for cross-strait relations, where China is ramping up its military posturing and Taiwan is boosting its defense capabilities. Alex Chen and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus.
It's just days before people across Taiwan will be heading to polling booths to vote in a countrywide referendum tackling four major issues. The yes and no camps are largely divided along political lines. And this weekend, the two major parties, the opposition Kuomintang and the ruling Democratic Progressive Party, went into overdrive to encourage people to cast their ballots for Saturday's vote. Our reporter, Peachy Zhuang, has more. Over 20,000 DPP supporters gathered in the southern city of Tainan for the party's referendum campaign on Sunday. The DPP sent out heavy weights to call on people to reject the four items up for vote. All popular initiatives on reef protection, pork imports, a nuclear plant, and referendum dates. Premier Su Zhenchang spoke about the DPP administration's achievements and criticized the opposition Kuomintang. The sentiments echoed by Taiwan's president accused the KMT of obstructing Taiwan's democratic development and stressed that all four items up for vote are critical. On the same day, in the capital, the Kuomintang made their push to urge people to vote yes on all four issues in the referendum. About 10,000 people, including KMT chairperson Eric Zhu and former President Ma Ying-jeou, marched from Liberty Square to the presidential office building. Ma used the platform to champion one of the most contentious topics the activation of the nation's fourth nuclear power plant. The DPP and the KMT have planned more rallies in the coming week, with both parties scheduled to host events on the 17th of December, the night before the referendum, hoping until the last moment to win voters to their side. Rick E. and Peachy Zhang for Taiwan Plus. The final G7 statement also said the leaders were concerned by China's coercive economic policies. Taiwan has often been the target of such practices from Beijing. I spoke to Lithuanian MP Dovile Shakilina about how countries like Russia and China use intimidation and aggression to expand their influence. In this very dangerous geopolitical time when certain authoritarian regimes are becoming more and more hostile and we see threats and intimidation coming from Chairman Xi, from uh, Mr. Putin, from uh, Mr. Lukashenko, who is not even actually a legit uh, uh, leader of his country, and attacking our borders and etc. with hybrid attacks and attacking us uh, on the cyberspace and etc. That means that the democracy will shrink and our children will live in the Orwell's 1984, which is happening in Xinjiang in a couple of decades, if we don't unite ourselves right now. So what Lithuania can do, we can contribute as much as we can in helping to ensure 
development of sustainable economic relations with democracies such as Taiwan, also continue better cooperation with United States, uh, with India, with Japan, with Australia, so that we depend on each other. The more we stand together, the safer Taiwan, Lithuania, and every single one of us is. What do you think of China and Russia's growing alliance? The problem is that with authoritarian regimes, uh, they are unpredictable and it's difficult to trust them because they usually break their promises. What is clear to me is the basic principle. Communists are like plague everywhere and they hurt people. They have hurt my family, they have hurt my country. They are now hurting millions of Uyghurs in Xinjiang. They are threatening people all around the region from Hong Kong to Tibet to you. So. Uh, what we need to do is find a way to protect ourselves, to withstand it. And Lithuanian foreign politics has been very consistent for decades. We have always supported democracies and we have always helped to withstand autocratic regimes, but not in a bloody way. As you know, our freeing ourselves, in the end, it was in a peaceful way. We, we lost people on the 1991 uh, January 13th, just standing with, you know, without any arms in front of the tanks. And still, because of the support of the world, we, we got our freedom finally. The International Weightlifting Federation World Championships took place over the weekend in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, with golds for Taiwan in the women's events. Our reporter, Sandy Chi, has the story. <laughs> Taiwanese weightlifters Guo Xingchun and Chen Wenhui have taken gold and silver in their respective categories at the World Championships in Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Olympic gold medalist Guo Xingchun captured her fifth World Championship title. She has now dominated her division for the past four years. In the women's under 59 kilogram division, Guo took silver in the snatch with 100 kilograms, then gold in the clean and jerk with 130 kilograms. The combined lift of 230 kilograms was enough to seal her fifth championship title. Following her win, Guo thanked her team and her supporters on Facebook. And for the Olympic bronze medalist Chen Wenhui, the Tashkent event marks her first world championship medals in the women's under 64 kilogram division. Chen took gold in the clean and jerk with a lift of 135 kilograms and bronze in the snatch with 97 kilograms. The combined lift of 232 kilograms won her the silver medal, just one kilo behind gold medalist Nima Saeed of Egypt. James Raynor and Sandy Chi for Taiwan Plus. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.